chapter number one, and uh, the message this morning is a message on investing, and uh, oftentimes I, I talk to folks and they talk about various things that <clears throat> they invest in, but uh, there's, there's no better investment than one that is a wise investment. How many of you have ever invested in something or taken part in something that turned out to be a waste of money and time? Anybody like me? I remember one time I invested in, a, uh, in, in some type of a health club and a thing went under and, and I thought, what a, what a waste of resources and finances. And I think one of the things we need to do is to use wisdom when it comes to investing in things in our lives. And we all know as Christians and from the Word of God that wisdom comes from God. And so we need God's wisdom in our lives to help us to do the right thing and we're going to take a look at a life of a woman this morning by the name of Hannah. I've used this uh, portion of the scriptures many times to uh, help and instruct when it comes to uh, parents who have been given a gift by God, a child, that uh, that child, the Bible says that their children are in heritage of the Lord, that all good gifts cometh down from above. That includes our children. And I've used this passage many times to... Uh, to help parents and help us as Christians to realize that uh, we need to give our children to the Lord because He's given them to us. In other words, we use a word from the Bible called stewarding, being a steward of that which is God's. Because God gives us things and He gives us resources, He gives us children and so on, our health, and we're to steward all these things. And that's one thing that I've always loved about Hannah is she was a good steward. And I want you to see that this morning, and we're going to read the entire chapter as we move into this, uh, the passage this morning. The Bible says, beginning in verse number one, there was a certain man of Ramoth uh, Zophim, there's a long word right there, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of uh, 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 Joram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf. The, uh, the Ephraimite, boy, the interesting names, right? And praise the Lord for the Bible. It says here in verse number two, he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. The name of the other was Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of, of, Eli, uh, of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered and gave to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions, but unto Hannah gave he, uh, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as she did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, wherefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better, than, uh, better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk, now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, 
If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up. For she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the, the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou hast weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, and notice, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli, uh, Eli and she said, O my Lord, as, thou, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and she worshiped the Lord there. Let's pray before we begin this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for the life of this woman, Hannah. Lord, as we look this morning at this portion of Scripture and we see the seriousness of her condition, the desire of her heart, God, how that you hear the prayers of your children, and Lord, in your way, you bless. And God, we pray that you would help this morning as all of us have needs in our lives, just like Hannah had. May our desire be to come to you because we know that you are the only one that can hear and the only one that can answer. And Lord, we pray that you would 
grant your blessing that we would find grace in your sight. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us this morning. May the Holy Spirit help us to have open eyes and an open heart this morning to receive what you have from this portion. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, certainly as you look at this passage this morning, what we see in our Bible is a chapter in the book of 1 Samuel. We find that just like in our lives today, that many people place money and resources in what we in America know as the stock market. The reason that they invest in something like that is because they, they have the hope that, and the intention, I guess, as well, that they're going to make a profit. A lot of people, and maybe some of you here this morning, do that. Uh, sometimes I've heard and seen on the news that because stocks do well, that they do well. But sometimes stocks don't do well. And those that have invested in it end up losing in the long run because of that investment. Now, I'm not one that really has invested anything in the stock market, but I can tell you this this morning, that I am an active investor in many areas in my own life. Uh, I want to share with you this morning, just as I think all of us need to consider our actions. All of us need to consider our attitudes and the activities that we have as an investment in something in this world that will reap dividends. Uh, all of us uh, are reaping, we're sowing in our lives, and we're going to reap from that which we have sown. If you're going to go out and you're going to plant maybe seeds to grow flowers, then eventually you'll reap flowers from what you have sown. And I think about these investments that in my life, the things that I have learned to invest in, the th things that I have learned to expend my time and resources and energy, I, I want those things to be things that would please God, that God would get the glory out of my life through those things and that it would not glorify me or my own flesh. You see, a wise investor will study. Oftentimes, if they're into the stock market, they'll study the, the trends of the stock market. They'll look at and see what's happened in the past and they'll do that before they can uh, make an investment. And the reason is because they want to maximize the return, the potential that is there. Those that make wise investments in the lives of people do the very same thing. I was thinking about Brother Richie as I was studying this week for this message, and I was thinking about all the people that have invested their lives into Richie's life. One of those men is sitting here before me this morning, and he's just one of many that God used in the life of Richie Pistoia and how God used this man to encourage Richie and to teach him the ways of God and to sit down and have Bible studies with him and, and honestly just spend countless hours investing. And uh, there are others in this room this morning. I'm thankful for people in my own life that have invested in me, that have, have had the right spirit and the right attitude and have invested time in my own life. And I'm sure you could say the same this morning. See, people are wise investors of life. They are ones that are examining all areas of their lives because just like someone who would invest in the stock market, we want to make sure that we're, we're receiving the greatest dividends for our investments. Now, having said that, I want you to think about Hannah. Because here's a woman that, honestly, when you look at her life, she was barren. She had no children. Uh, there wasn't really anybody in her life 
that she could invest in. But God began to work in her life in a miraculous way, and Hannah ended up making some very wise investments. And the amazing thing, if I had the time this morning, and maybe I would encourage you to go beyond the message when we're done today, and to see that those investments that Hannah made, that even to this very day, they are still reaping eternal dividends. And I want you to think about that because as we examine chapter number one here, I want you to see this morning some of these areas that she made wise investments. And I want to I challenge you to follow her example, to make the same wise investments in your own life. Be a wise investor. Because first of all, Hannah made a wise investment in the family. She made a wise investment in the family, the people that she loved the most. She invested in her family, and she did this in spite of difficulty. Uh, you can see there in verse number one and verse number two, where the Bible says, and look at verse number two, uh, talking about her husband, Elkanah, he had two wives. I can't handle one. And he had two. The truth is, I can handle the one, she can't handle me, but nonetheless, this, uh, I'll stop right there before I get in trouble. <laughs> but here's the thing is, just like in many of our lives, there was a difficult situation because this man, he had two wives. She was married to a man. And listen, again, that's not God's will. That's a recipe for disaster when you have more than one wife. And the Bible says that God brought the woman unto the man that were, these two are to be joined together. What God had joined together, let not man put asunder. And, and so we find here, this was a difficult situation. But notice, as we look at the word of God, that Hannah, in spite of this situation with Paniah and her husband Elkanah, she was not looking for an exit. She was not looking for a way out. She stayed in the family. She continued to work to make the best of even what seemed to be a difficult situation. I know, even in my own family, that sometimes families can create some interesting challenges. How many of you understand that, right? And when it comes to family sometimes, but can I tell you, we, like Hannah, need to learn to invest in our families, regardless of the difficulties. Uh, it's easy to take, uh, you know, the, the easy way out, to walk away from it, but can I tell you, marriage and family is something that is for life that we need to invest in our families. And she did it in spite of difficulty. She also did it in spite of discouragement. The Bible says in verse number five that, that Hannah gave him a worthy portion for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. So we see here that you know her husband's uh, other wife, Paniah, she had children. Now again, uh, because of that, maybe in Elkanah's eyes, uh, he was glad to have those children. And he was glad for Paniah because she had brought children into his family, into his life. But the Bible says here that Paniah was actually her adversary. That's God's word here in chapter number one and verse number six. And, and it was Paniah, the other wife, that was ridiculing her because of her barrenness, and she made Hannah feel miserable. Uh, there was jealousy in the home, because the Bible says that Elkanah loved 
Hannah. It doesn't say Elkanah loved Paniah. It says Elkanah loved Hannah. And because of that, Paniah was jealous of Hannah. There was jealousy in the home. Uh, This is something that created some discouragement in her life. Apparently, Hannah was the favorite of her husband, and it showed. It came out in their relationship. Uh, Paniah gave Elkanah something that Hannah could not. She gave unto him children. And she used those children as a way to kind of leverage the household. And all of this, this criticism, this belittling, it made living impossible for Hannah. She struggled in her heart, in her spirit. The Bible mentions her soul. She was pouring out her soul to the Lord. But all of this going on, all of this discouragement, what did Hannah do? She continued to invest in her family. She continued. What a testimony this woman had. She was sowing the right things. And folks, look, when we sow the right things, guess what's going to happen? we will eventually have the right harvest. Look what the Bible says in Galatians 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And let let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, the Bible says we shall reap if we faint not. That's what Hannah was doing. She just continued, in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the discouragement, she just continued to invest in her family. And we, too, need to keep investing in people's lives and just leave the harvest in the hands of God. Just allow God to work, because I'll tell you this, Hannah understood, and we need to understand, God will never fail. And there was discouragement. But notice also she invested in spite of desperation. Now remember, she was barren, but God was the one that chose for her to be barren. At this point, that was God's will for her life. Hannah understood this. She she was, of course, kind of discouraged and depressed. The difficulty was there. She was in a situation, but listen, the situation she was in was of the Lord's doing. God had allowed this barrenness. And there was nothing that she had done wrong that had brought this on her. What Hannah did not know was that God's plan for her life was something far better than she could ever imagine. His plan wasn't to hurt her. The plan of God for Hannah's life was that in due season, that God was going to amaze her in a way that she could have never expected. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I want to say this morning that it may appear that in your life, and certainly I don't know what all is going on in everyone's life here, but I think all of us from time to time, we do inventory in our lives, and it may appear to you that the investments that you're making in your family, that maybe right now those investments don't seem like they're paying off. Can I encourage you from the life of Hannah this morning to just stay in the family despite the difficulties, in spite of the discouragement, in spite of the desperation, just keep investing in the family? That's what Hannah did. 
And God blessed. See, your family is too important for you to stop investing in them at this time. She made a wise investment because she invested in the family. But notice, secondly, her other aspect of her investment that made it a wise investment was because it was a wise investment in the faith. You see, no doubt, family was important to Hannah. But even more than her family was her faith. Her faith. Folks, people need to know that we are believers in God. You see, Hannah's faith, first of all, was a personal faith. Look what it says in verse number 10. The Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Did you notice that she kept saying, thine handmaid, Lord, I'm yours. God, whatever you want. You see, it was personal to her. Is your faith in God personal today? Is he your personal savior? This was a woman, as she prays here, that she knew the Lord on a personal level. She knew him. She just didn't know about him. She prays to him. She praises him for who he is. She had a personal relationship with the God of Israel. She was a believer, and it was evident that she was openly active in the practice of her faith. Folks, look, we don't need to be a secret disciple of the Lord. It's okay when you go out in public to pray to God openly. Nothing wrong when you go to a restaurant to bow your heads and pray to the Lord. I think, honestly, this world needs to see God's people pray. <clears throat> and I'm not saying you got to get ridiculous with it. You know, get out of your seat, kneel next to your table. Oh, God, bless all the food in this restaurant. You know, you don't need to do something like that. But can I tell you that you need to pray and say, Lord, thank you for the food we're about to eat. Thank you for good friends. Thank you for your blessings. You see, Hannah, when she prayed, listen, she knew who she was praying to. He was her God. This was personal. She dedicated him, this child, to the Lord. But here's the interesting thing is, she dedicated her child to the Lord before he was even born. She, she, she gave him to the Lord before he was ever weaned. She was not a, a, a momentary commitment to the Lord. The commitment that she made to God, it was a once and a lifetime commitment. I mean, this was something that was practical. It was personal in her life, this relationship. Uh, she was saved by the grace of God and she was making the best investment that she could to God. It was a personal faith, but notice her faith, secondly, was a practical faith in God. She knew him, and she trusted him for all of her needs, and she leaned upon him. Listen, this was an impossibility for her. She could not uh, make herself pregnant. She could not have a child on her own without God's help in this situation. She didn't just talk about faith in God. She fleshed it out. 
by the way she lived her life, by the things that she did, by what she prayed. As she had a personal testimony concerning her faith, she was living out her faith day by day. See, nothing makes an investment in the lives of others around us like a genuine life lived for the glory of God living our lives for the glory of God. It was a practical faith. Uh, 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 listen, somebody said a practical faith is a proclaiming faith. It's a faith that points others to the Lord. People need to know that we know our Savior and we need to invest and have an investment in a faith that we can live out day by day. Her faith was personal. Her faith was something that was practical. She was living it out. But notice it was also profound because look in verse number 11 what the Bible says here, she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord. Notice this phrase, for how long? All the days of his life. I mean, think about it, folks. All the days of his life. Look at verse number 20. The Bible says, when it came to pass that the time was come about after Hannah had conceived and she bare a son and you read down through there, the Bible says that she gave him to the Lord. I mean, more than anything in the world, you know what Hannah wanted? She wanted a child. This was the one desire of her life. It was the one thing that she felt like would have given her favor with her husband that would have, uh, he would have looked differently at her, that she would have felt fulfilled that, that she had a child and she wanted to give this gift to her husband and she wanted to experience the fulfillment of motherhood and she knew that it was impossible, but she believed God for the impossible and she promised God an incredible return. And she makes this vow. She asked God for the son, but then she promises, God, if you give me the son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Her faith wasn't shallow, folks. It was deep. It was anchored in her God. And may we come to the place of our faith where we can believe God for the impossible, but that we're also like Hannah, willing to give everything to him. That's the kind of faith that God is looking for today to develop in our lives. And if look, if we are men and women of that kind of faith, God can get the glory out of it. God always honors this kind of faith. Look at verse 19. The Bible says, They rose up early in the morning, and they worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Notice here how God blessed her faith in him. God will reward you for having faith in him. You see, she was a woman that made a wise investment in her family, she made a wise investment in her faith, but notice she made a wise investment in the future. We already saw this, first of all, through the length of her commitment. I mean, ultimately, she wanted to commit this child to the Lord, even though she wanted to be a mother more than anything else. She gave this child, she held nothing back from God. She committed him to the Lord before he was even conceived. She, she dedicated him before he was even weaned. Again, hers was an all-in commitment, no strings attached. She sowed seed that would reap uh, dividends for generations. She made an investment in the future. I mean, certainly I've thought about many times 
how the Bible records that after she had weaned him, that she brought him to the Lord, that she left him there for the service of God with Eli. As they would many times go into the city, and I think about uh, Hannah as she would make this investment of her son, but then she had to leave him at the tabernacle, and how Hannah probably anticipated, I mean, uh, I'll tell you one thing, I, 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 I'm not much on social media and networks, and I have a few things here and there, but I'll tell you one thing, with grandchildren, I sure am glad of something called FaceTime. It's a wonderful thing that I can take a, a device in my hand, and I can click a button, and I can not only see, but I can talk to my grandchildren. Well, at least I talk to them, they try to talk back. Unlike my children, who I talk to them and they talk back at me. But, but here's the thing is, is that Hannah didn't have that option. Hannah didn't have some sort of technology. She would go into the city. She would go to the, to the tabernacle, the temple. She would go and go to the house of God because that's where she left her son she gave him and how she must have anticipated those early trips. And I can't imagine other than my own mother, whenever I left to go off to Bible college and God called me into ministry, I, I can only, that's the only reference I have of what must have went through her heart when she had to leave Samuel. I mean, I was 30 and my mom's bawling. I'm crying. You know, I don't cry oftentimes. My wife says, you're not a crier. But I'll tell you this, I know it broke her heart to leave, but she remembered that vow. It was a commitment that she made to the Lord, and the length of her commitment was for the rest of his life, and her heart was broken. But I can tell you this, can you imagine the pride of Hannah as she was leaving, thinking about how her son was growing into a man of God? The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, the next chapter over, verse 26, the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. She saw her little boy, the one that she gave birth to, the one that she weaned, the one that she took to the house of God and left him there, and she saw how he was becoming a man of God. It was that kind of commitment that the Lord was looking for in Hannah's day, and God is looking for that kind of commitment in our lives today. That's why I encourage uh, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers to give their children to the Lord, to dedicate them. Listen, uh, not to leave your child here. We've got enough going on at church. We don't need your children here at the church. But I will tell you this. What you're doing, like Hannah did, is you're making a vow, a promise to God. That God, you gave me these children. And I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to spend the rest of my life, listen raising them for you so that they know you, so that they love you, so that they will serve you. You see, so many children today need a father and a mother like Hannah that would invest in the family, that would invest in the faith. It's this commitment that God is looking for today, the totality of our lives God wants all of us to place our lives on the altar before the Lord today. Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And see, God wants all of us, God wants all of us to give ourselves to Him. God wants all of us to hold nothing back from Him. God wants, as Hannah did, He wants a once for all commitment for the glory of God. You see, I see her commitment this morning because she invested in the future. But then notice, I see this commitment also was in the life of her child, or should I say, through the life of her child. You see, a lot of parents, when I was a kid growing up and then as I got older, I played a lot of sports. When I got on the other side of playing it, I started doing a little bit of refereeing, not a whole lot. I was never... Uh, never got paid for it, but I volunteered sometimes, and uh, even in some school settings, I ended up coaching a little bit, never was that good at it, but you know why I didn't like coaching? Parents. Because many parents try to live out their lives through their children. Nothing worse than a mother in the stands. I'm going to tell you something. You think about this, how in our lives that we need to follow the example of Hannah. Hannah presented her son Samuel, listen, to the Lord. She presented him to the Lord and he, Samuel, by the grace of God, you know what happened? God used his life and he became a mighty man of God. This had to thrill Hannah's heart, this son that God gave her, that he became the standard. Listen to me now. I want to challenge you parents that her son became the standard of righteousness for the nation of Israel. Her son was the one that was greatly used of God. Her son was the one that anointed David king. Her son was the man that served as the spiritual leader of Israel for many, many years. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 7, So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. From Ekron, even unto Gath, the coast thereof, did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. That happened during the life of Samuel, the son of Hannah, the one that she had vowed a vow. See, this man was a man that God used. And because Hannah had made this investment in her life to give him to the Lord, before he was born and in his early years, all of that happened because a woman made a wise investment. She chose to invest in her family because she made the kind of investments that she did. An entire nation was blessed for many years. Hannah's investment in Samuel continues to reap dividends unto this day. You say, how is that possible? I'll tell you how. When people like you and I turn to this portion of Scripture and we read other portions about Samuel and how God used him, 
That encourages us. That is something that helps us to make the right investments. Her investment continued long after Hannah even died. Some of you are making investments in your life, and I wonder about your future. Sometimes I, I remember as a, as a young dad thinking to myself, uh, myself and my wife how God had given us children. And I remember thinking to myself as we brought our children to church. Did you hear me, moms and dads? We brought our children to church. Did they always want to come? No. But we brought them to the house of God. And many times you think to yourself, are they getting it? Are they learning anything? Listen, if they're not learning it here, where else will they learn it? Uh, we need to make sure that our homes have the Word of God. We need to make sure that our lives have the right spirit, the right heart, the right attitude. Hannah was investing in her child, and she continued to do that. And you and I, we need to bring our children to the house of God on Sunday, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. Bring your children and instill in them the things of the house of God, the word of God, invest in them. Make sure that they understand what is wrong and right in the sight of God. Teach them about Jesus. They need to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he gave his life so that they can have eternal life. We are teaching them important lessons of life. And listen, one of the greatest lessons that your children will ever learn is the testimony of your own life. Many of them will either follow God because of you or not follow God because of you. We need to make that same investment. Keep investing in your family. Remain faithful to the Lord. God wants us to be a parent like Hannah. She made those right investments. Are you investing in the future? Are you investing in what is important to God? What kind of dividends will your investments pay someday in return? Because remember, whatever we sow, that shall we also reap. It's a very sobering thought this morning. What kind of investments am I making? Am I making investments in something that's going to give me the greatest potential of return? What are you doing with what God's given to you? We can clearly see that Hannah did the right things. She made a wise investment in her family, in her faith, and in her future. Let's bow our heads this morning with our heads bowed. With your heads bowed this morning, I think about Hannah and I think about her faith. When she prayed to God, it's interesting, Eli thought because he wasn't hearing any words that she was drinking or drunken. But it's evident because of God not only hearing, but God answering her request that she had a relationship with the Lord. We talked about Brother Richie this morning. I wonder this morning, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus today? Have you had a time in your life when you've asked the Lord to forgive you of the sin in your life? to come into your heart and be your Savior. 
The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. If you've never had a time in your life that you've asked the Lord to be your savior and you've repented of your sin, why don't you come today and and trust Christ as your Savior. Begin that relationship so that you can invest in your faith. You can invest in your family the right way. And if you are saved this morning, what kind of investment are you making? Some of you still have children. Some of you have others in your life that you can invest in. I guarantee you, everyone that I know that spent time with Brother Richie will never regret the time that they spent and the investment that they made in his life. Who are you investing in today? Because if we are investing for the glory of God, then the future is bright. Lord, thank you for this morning. I pray that you'd bless this invitation. If there's someone here this morning that does not know Christ, I pray that today that they, would, that they would put their faith in you to begin a personal relationship with you. Lord, help your people to respond, to make wise investments in their family, their faith, and their future. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand?